Good morning, good morning. This is Brenda, Dr. Brenda Eshen Shoshana, <clears throat> here with you for a wonderful, wonderful journey where we're going to turn the tide and break away from this epidemic of fear that has come across our nation. Actually, fear itself is a much worse virus than any virus of flu that can come and combat us. We do not have to be at the effect of it. We are much stronger than our fear. We are not our fear. And what we're going to do in this podcast is to explore the truth about fear and not just fear, about all feelings that come and go. Coming and going. We don't realize that, though. We don't realize that the nature of feelings is just to come and to go. And so automatically, unconsciously, we hold on to them. We cling to our feelings, thinking that they're going to keep us safe. And that's the hub of it. That's what creates this addiction to fear, this addiction to feelings that are so hard and so painful for us. You know, before I start the actual process, and I'm going to teach you a wonderful time-tested process of releasing, letting go of these feelings, letting them return to their home, <laughs> and you returning to your natural home, a place of wisdom, peace, clarity, and goodwill. Believe it or not, believe it or not, this process is not difficult. The problem with it is it's too easy. <laughs> it's too simple. It's too clear. You know, we long for something difficult. We get caught up. We get caught up in so much inner anxiety, sorrow, tension, all of these feelings that we really feel that life it becomes more and more complicated and difficult as the days go by and as the years go by. But the real truth, the real bottom line here is that as we deal with our so-called problems, as we deal with our feelings that arise, the bottom line is, the truth is that it's a very simple process that we can engage in which will clear away so much of the sorrow and so much of the struggle and doubt. So now I'm not going to ask you to believe anything at all, nothing. What I'm going to do is to actually show you how. I'm going to offer a process. I'm going to give you all steps to take, believe it or not, old-fashioned, simple steps, and you will see for yourself Actually, thousands of people are using this process across the world now. It was originated by Lester Levinson and Virginia Lloyd with him. It's called the process of releasing. It's also been called the Sedona Method. It's also called now the Release Technique. It has many names and it's done in many places, each person with their own particular take on it. And they're all, each one is wonderful. They're all wonderful and helpful. And I, too, am going to jump into the show now because it's so important. And a dear friend of mine, 
mentioned to me about someone who he loved very much who was having such a hard time and I felt myself time now time to jump in and help in a larger way so we're going to begin this process now and I'm going to offer certain points certain truths certain strong truths that I have learned from practicing this for many 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 years as a psychologist, as a Zen student, I've been practicing it, practicing it. This is not a religion. It, it's not in contradiction to any other religion or practice that you might be engaged in. It's a wonderful complement to everything. So let's start. Let's start with a very important point, number one. That is, if you can take this point in right away, you'll be way ahead. Okay, let's go. We are not upset by what happens. What upsets us is our reaction to what happens. Fascinating, fundamental, very, very important point. We're not upset by what happens, but by our reaction to it. So usually when things happen in our life, we hear bad news or we see something difficult coming along, immediately we tense right up and try to fix and change the external situation. And I'm not saying that it's not important to take appropriate action, and we'll deal with that as we go along. Of course it is. Not only is it important, it's crucial, of course. But let's take our first truth. We're going to have different points of truths. Return to the truth of the matter, to the essential truth. And then we will proceed differently once we've really absorbed that truth. We are not upset by what happens. We think we are here. We're hearing of this huge virus and people are freaking out, running to the stores, stocking up, doing many things, some of which are wonderful, some of which are unnecessary. But we don't know. When fear runs us, when fear and panic runs the day, we just act in almost a random manner. We become panicked. Our discriminator, our ability to see clearly, closes right down, and we are run by the fear. Now, it's interesting because the virus might not be anywhere near you, but it's near you when the fear comes. It's as if it's two steps away. We don't see what's right here now. We see what we're imagining, what we're fearing. It's called, in psychology, we see our catastrophic expectations, which we all have, which means deep down fear of catastrophe, expectations, oh my goodness, fantasies. Those are fantasies of what could, might happen. There's a very important difference between carefully planning and seeing what could happen and getting swept away by our catastrophic expectations. Because when we do, we cannot really see what's right here now. And we're not reacting to what's here now. We're reacting to our fear, our catastrophic expectations. And this reaction is what is hurting us, not what's actually going on. How fascinating. Let me give you an example. Say somebody is getting fired from a job. 
say they hate that job and they have something else lined up. Well, well, my good. Well, maybe they don't even have anything lined up. They don't like the job. They're getting fired from it. Okay. They're not that upset. Say somebody loves the job and wants to have it forever and the firing came out of nowhere. Devastated. So what is actually causing the harm? The action that they were fired from a job or their, the way they've responded, reacted to it? I won't say responded, I'll say reacted to it. Because there's a very big difference between a reaction and a response. Now that's another truth, point of truth that I want you to take in. There is a big difference between a blind automatic reaction, which we all have, and a true response. A blind reaction, a knee-jerk reaction, automatic reaction is fueled by our feelings and by our catastrophic expectations. Boom! Somebody will cut us off on the road. And the mind goes, oh, he really wants to get me, blah, blah, blah. We go into rage. We chase him. Who knows what's going to happen then? That's, that's a blind, automatic reaction. <clears throat> the person might have cut you off because they're running to the hospital. You don't know why. But we're having our fantasies about it, and which are stirring up all kinds of feelings. And vice versa, the feelings are stirring up the fantasies as well. A response is different. The word responsibility means actually the ability to respond. Now that's extremely fascinating, really fascinating, the ability to respond. It takes ability <laughs> to respond and a response comes from a deeper place. It comes from clarity. It comes from compassion. It comes from being in touch with the, with the whole picture and with what's going on truly right now. We're not flooded with feelings when we're able to respond. And usually a response is constructive, appropriate to the moment, and healing. Believe it or not, a true response is healing to yourself and to others and clear. So when we engage in this method that I'm going to share with you, that's one of the beautiful fruits of releasing, which is the ability to respond to what's happening rather than to react. And you know, when we react blindly, those reactions often cause more difficulty than the actual situation itself. Isn't that interesting? Let's just take a moment to put everything in perspective now and to take that in. Our blind reactions are much more a cause of our difficulty and suffering than the actual situation that's being presented to us. So now that we have absorbed that, I hope, to some extent, and you know, it wouldn't hurt to listen to this again and again. I mean, I've gone over these points in my life thousands of times, again and again, to absorb them, to digest them, to make them real, to make them my own, to, 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 to create a different frame of reference in my life for living. 
So now, as I said, we will go to the actual process, the actual method itself. And to begin that, I will say welcome to the world of feelings. And what are feelings? You know, right now, this panic that's going on all over the place, fear, terror sometimes, it's contagious. It's more contagious than the coronavirus itself. It's spreading. The panic is spreading. And we want to deal with the panic itself, with the feelings itself, because actually there have been many, many studies to prove that when we let feelings just run wild, feelings of fear, feelings of anger, feelings of sorrow, whatever these feelings may be, they re the feelings themselves take down our immune system. It's an important point to take in again. The feelings themselves disable and confuse our body, prevent the body from functioning in the most harmonious and the most healthy manner, as well as, of course, preventing our mind. So if, if there's a virus going around, <laughs> the best thing you can do is learn how to let go of these feelings, to learn how to not be run by them, to learn what they are, and to tell them goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I'll see you later. You know, it's hard to do that because we believe our feelings are true. This is another very important point. Please listen carefully. When anger comes over us, it tells us all kinds of stories. Oh, that person is horrible, or they wanted to hurt me, or they want to cut me off. Many, many, many stories. And the fear tells us, oh, you won't live long. Everybody's, you, everybody you love will be gone, blah, blah, blah. So one thing I have to tell you right now is that feelings are liars. They lie. <laughs> I promise you that they lie. And they're bu bullies, too. They want to bully you. They're not your friend. We think they are. We think if we feel fear, then we'll recognize danger and we'll know what to do. That's why we hold on to the fear. We feel if we have anger and we hold on to it, then we won't be a doormat. We'll know how to respond. But just the opposite is so. The more we hold on to our fear, the less safe we are. Another important point, lots of them today, an awful lot, but take them in one at a time. The more we hold on to fear, the more we listen to it, to the lies it tells us, the more unsafe we become. The feeling of fear itself is causing us to feel unsafe. And we think, well, it would be dangerous to let it go. Then I won't be able to protect myself. But the very opposite, again, is true. When the feeling has passed away, then we can see clearly what's going on. And we will not react to the fear, but we will respond to the actual situation in front of us now. It's called our discriminator. When we release or let go of the feelings of fear, anger, 
deep sorrow, whatever it is, and we'll learn how to do that in this process, we can discriminate, we become clear. We see. You, you know when you're very, very angry, you hear, oh, I couldn't see straight, I was so angry. Of course not. It blocks the discriminator. It blocks the ability to perceive in a, in, in a clear and in a compassionate and in a healthy way. So if I say this again and again, it's so true. Much worse than any virus or any flu are these feelings which accost us and which we hold on to and which are contagious and which grow. So if we're going to really effectively handle what's going on, not only with the virus, but with all the elements in our world, the very best way to do so is to go straight to the feelings themselves. Forget about, for a moment, <laughs> the external situation that seems to be stimulating these feelings within and let's focus upon the feelings themselves. Very, very big. Now, normally, as I said before, what we do is we try to change the external world, the external situation facing us. And I'm not saying don't, don't make changes. Of course, there are things we have to do appropriately, carefully, wisely, of course. But when we're clear of the feelings that are causing all this pain, we'll see right what to do and we'll do it with ease. Okay, we're going to look at the world of feelings and what feelings are. What are these feelings? Feelings are actually energy, different energy forms connected to our thoughts that are just passing through passing through. That's their nature. You know, I'll, I'll read you a beautiful quote. It's a quote by Kabir when he's talking about love. And he said, he's referring also to the world of feelings. And he said, a feeling that is here one moment and gone the next cannot be called love. I love that quote. How, how is it relevant to what we're exploring today? It's relevant because people attach. We attach so much to our feelings. Oh, I, you meet someone and you're in love and you love them and they love you. And then, oh my goodness, a few months later or a few weeks later, who knows when, maybe a few days later, the feeling passes. It's gone. And we say, where did the love go? And of course, the answer is it didn't go anywhere because it wasn't love. It was a feeling, an energy form that was just passing through. Many, many feelings. We'll go over them too, what they are. So what are these feelings? They're, we already said they, they lie. No, no. They have stories. <laughs> they come with all these stories to tell us. They affect our body as well as our mind. They create a great deal of confusion. And sadly, especially in relationships, which we'll deal with in another podcast on this point, 
they truly block our ability to really love, to really listen to another. They, we talked about it, create road rage. They create all kinds of pain in relationships because we will say something out of anger or out of hurt or will believe some kind of story our feelings are telling us. And we sometimes will even cut off people who are very dear to our heart. So the first thing to understand is that these feelings are energies that are passing through. They're not something we want to cling to or hold on to. They're not your friend. That's a hard one to take in. Very, it sounds strange. The feelings aren't my friend. I mean, we want to have feelings. We want to feel. And, and, but I'm not talking about responding again. I'm not talking about resonating. I'm not talking about a deep feeling of oneness and closeness and compassion or clarity. I'm talking about energy forms like rage, like panic, like greed, like pride, like terror. These are different kind of energy forms that can take us over if we aren't aware what the, of what they are and what they're doing. And when those kinds of feelings, those kinds of energies dissolve, when we allow them to go, when we recognize them, when we're willing to just feel them for the moment and allow them to continue on their way, which is their nature to do so, then true insight arises all by itself. Compassion arises, kindness arises, clarity arises. Interesting, isn't it? What we really want arises all by itself. It's these fierce energies that we think are positive, that we think are valuable. They give us some people will say, well, it's exciting to have all these feelings. Well, it's like a drug. No, it's no different than a drug. You could be excited for a little while and get high, but then boom, there's quite a price to pay. And on a drug, we're taken into some fantasy land, just like with the feelings as well. Sadly enough, these feelings can also become addictive. We get addicted to them. We think that's who we are. We, they tell us stories, and immediately we begin agreeing with the feeling. We begin telling the story to everyone we know. Oh, did you hear what he did to me? Blah, 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 blah. And when we do that, of course, we make these feelings much more strong and real and solid. So this is a process we're going to go through of, I could say, dismantling the feelings. The first step is seeing them truthfully for what they are. A better word than dismantling them is just letting them come and letting them go. We're not, this is not about suppressing them hiding from them, repressing them. It's about seeing them for what they are. That itself begins to take a lot of the power away from them. 
we, we're the ones, of course, who are giving the power to them. By listening to them, by believing in them, by holding on to them, by sharing the creepy stories they often tell, we're giving them energy. We're giving them strength. Now, in this process of releasing, of letting go, the feelings return. It's a process of returning to the truth. They return to what they actually are as we release them, which they just return to energy forms, like a strong wind passing at the night and blowing in one window and blowing out the next. Just a strong wind. A thunderstorm may come. There it comes. We're not holding on to it for dear life. We're not identifying with it. We're not hugging it. We're not running and making up stories about it. We say, oh, a thunderstorm came tonight. Here it is. We experience it, feel it, and then we allow it to go. Thank you for sharing. You may go. You can go. Goodbye. As this process continues, we see something very profound and something very simple that we are not our feelings. See, normally we identify with them. I'm so angry. I'm such an angry person. No, no, you're not an angry person. You are, you are a person who's experiencing anger. You're not the anger unless you cling to it and identify with it and decide to live out the story that it's telling you. That's not a very good choice to make, and we often make it unconsciously. Here's some st a story the anger might tell you. Oh, I've been so wronged in life, I have to get back at everyone I meet. Revenge. Or I better fight, or else I'll be, won't be respected. I won't be looked at as a strong man or woman or what or however you identify fine these feelings they try to grip you in they grab you in <laughs> with all they're not really straightforward in any way and it's very easy to create an identity around them and then we really get stuck really stuck. So I'm, I'm giving you all of this information right now. Actually, it's just a way to put everything in context. And in the very next podcast, we are going to begin and deal with the steps we take to let these feelings go. Thank you so much for listening. Don't want to do too much all at once. Absorb this, and then very soon we'll go to podcast two on Turning the Tide. I like that as a title, Turning the Tide. The tide comes in, high tide. Feelings come in, and if we just leave it alone, the tide goes out, low tide again. Okay, thank you for listening, and please contact me if you have questions. My uh, email is top t-o-p speaker at yahoo.com 
And you can find this podcast on www.bestselfbooks.com. Thank you again for listening, and I'll be with you very soon.